Hello and welcome to A History of Hannibal, episode 36, Opposite Day. Since episode 22, we haven't really left Italy. We've been following the battle between Hannibal and Rome throughout the Italian peninsula as it made its way south, culminating in episode 34, when Hannibal trounced the legions at Cannae. While the Italian theatre is the most important aspect of the war, at least at this stage, it was not the only theatre. There were other places around the Mediterranean where war was being waged, and it is to this that we now turn our attention. We'll begin with Spain. Considering I haven't mentioned Spain seriously since episode 19, it's probably worth recapping what's going on. It is 218 BC, and Hannibal has just left Spain, marching north on his way to Italy. He's left two generals in command in Spain, his brother, Hasdrubal, and Hanno. As I'm sure you've noticed, Carthaginian generals share about five names between the lot of them, and so there are ten different Hannos and ten different Hasdrubals. This is incredibly confusing. I'm going to start giving them nicknames to avoid this, and on the website you'll find a Who's Who section. It will only be basic at first, but I will expand it, and it will have everybody on there. That way, you won't be confused by which Hanno we're talking about. Anyway, nicknames. As this Hasdrubal is Hannibal's brother, we shall call him Hasdrubal Barker. And as this Hanno only really does anything in Spain, we shall call him Hanno the Spaniard. Although he was a Carthaginian, he wasn't a Spaniard. But we'll just call him that for convenience's sake. Okay, so two Carthaginian commanders. Hasdrubal Barker and Hanno the Spaniard. Hasdrubal Barker is in control of Spain south of the Ebro. And Hanno the Spaniard is in control of Spain north of the Ebro. Both have forces of between ten and 15,000 troops. That covers the Carthaginians, but what about the Romans? Well, let's go back to episode 21. Publius Cornelius Scipio, the Roman consul for 218, along with Sempronius, was chasing Hannibal around southern Gaul. But Hannibal was determined not to fight the Romans, until he reached Italy, and so he escaped, moving north. Scipio, trying to keep the initiative, at least somewhat, sent his brother Gnaeus to Spain with the majority of his available force. So, we have Gnaeus at Massilia with a Roman force and some ships. Hanno the Spaniard, in charge of the Carthaginian army north of the Ebro, and Hasdrubal Barker, commanding those to the south. Let's get into it. Gnaeus led the Roman fleet westward from Massilia along the coast, past the Pyrenees until he disembarked at Emporii, an old Greek colony located near the modern French-Spanish border. Gnaeus 
was very cautious when advancing through the land. He rebuilt former friendships, and this attitude greatly endeared him to the locals. He was able to build offensive and defensive alliances, and was in an increasingly positive position. This greatly worried Hanno the Spaniard, and he moved to combat Gnaeus Scipio before the situation got out of hand. Scipio, meanwhile, wanted to face Hanno on his own, rather than him and Hasdrubal Barker at the same time. So, a battle was imminent. It was a clear victory for the Romans. 6,000 Carthaginians were killed, and 2,000 were captured. Hanno, the Spaniard, included. Along with the Carthaginian camp, and the local town of Kisis. Capturing the camp was quite an achievement for the Romans, as it contained most of Hannibal's valuables, which he had left behind in Spain. Hasdrubal Barker had already crossed the Ebro with a force of 9,000, when he heard of the disaster that had befallen Hanno the Spaniard. He thus changed his course, and moved towards the coast, where he ran into a bunch of Scipio sailors. The Romans were overconfident, and were not taking proper precautions. A great deal were killed, before Hasdrubal returned across the Ebro. He was scared that Scipio would suddenly appear, and he so he was eager to return to the safety of the south. Scipio set off once he heard that Hasdrubal was in the area, and he moved back to Emporii. Then Hasdrubal hopped back across the river, and sparked revolt among the Illegetes. Scipio moved out from Emporii to put down the revolt, and Hasdrubal crossed the Ebro again. The revolt was put down, and harsher terms were imposed on the Illegetes. A fine and even more hostages were taken. The Roman general then moved towards the Ebro to take the town of some Carthaginian allies, the Ausitani. Some neighbours of the Ausitani, the Laetani, proceeded to try and help out their friends under the cover of darkness, but they were found out and 12,000 were killed. The Romans besieged the Ausitani for a month, in the middle of winter, might I add. As Hannibal was crossing the Alps, and being camped out in a snowstorm by the Trebia, Gnaeus Scipio was camped out in four feet of snow, trying to take this town in Spain. The tribe's chief, a man named Amusicus, fled to Hannibal, and the town surrendered, and agreed to pay a price of 20 talons of silver. Scipio returned to Turaco for the rest of the winter. This is the modern Tarragona, and is about 50 miles southwest along the coast from Barcelona. As the campaigning season of 217 got underway, both sides had similar plans to have a naval battle. The Roman force stood at 35 ships, while the Carthaginian fleet was at 40. Hasdrubal placed Himilco 
in charge of the fleet. Luckily for us, this is pretty much the only Himmelko in the Second Punic War, so you don't have to worry about confusion with his name. The Roman fleet sailed to about 10 miles from the mouth of the Ebro, when it heard that the Carthaginians were in the river, so they sailed straight for them. The Carthaginian sailors were unaware that the Romans were so close, until orders came to them from Hasdrubal Barca, saying that the Roman fleet was in the vicinity, and they were to deploy at once. It was complete bedlam as the men rushed to their ships. They were barely all aboard when the shore cables were quickly cut and they set off. There was no preparation time. The Roman ships were closing in for the attack before the men were all in their seats. They made no attempt at resistance, but fled. This would normally be okay, but they were in a river. They couldn't sail upstream, as they would just be cornered. They had to make for the estuary. But this had its own problems. For one, this was where the Romans were. And two, there wasn't enough space for them all to sail out, and a great number of ships ran aground. The Romans were able to sink some of the Carthaginian ships, and by taking those that they either captured or were able to pull out from the shore, they captured 25 of the 40 Carthaginian ships. The Romans were now masters of the Spanish coast. The fleet worked its way down the Spanish coast without doing anything or taking anything of real importance. Things were looking very good for the Romans. When you consider the situation in Italy at this time, shockingly well. The Romans were at this time being thumped by Hannibal at Lake Trasimene and appointing Fabius as dictator. In Spain, Scipio received envoys from the Balearic Islands asking for peace. Over 120 Spanish tribes submitted themselves to Rome, and Gnaeus felt confident enough to advance to the pass of Castulo. This is around the mouth of the modern Guadalquivir River, about 60 miles east of Cordova. This forced Hasdrubal to withdraw to Lusitania, roughly the modern Portugal. It is very, very strange to be writing this episode, Having spent the last three months talking about huge Roman defeats, now I'm talking about actual victories for Rome. For Rome to be winning a theatre of the war. It is really strange. Like it's opposite day or something. It was looking like Carthage would not have a particularly active summer. But when Scipio left Castulo for the coast, two Spaniards, Mandonius and Indibils, began to cause trouble by attacking tribes peaceful with Rome. They were quickly put down by Scipio, but it was enough to convince Hasdrubal 
that he should halt his retreat to the Atlantic and return to help his allies north of the Ebro. He based himself among the Illegetes, who, you'll remember, he was able to provoke into revolt earlier. At the same time, some Celtiberian tribes, who were friendly with the Romans, attacked Carthaginian Spain. They attacked Hasdrubal several times, and fought valiantly, managing to kill 1,500 and capture 4,000 Carthaginians. At this point, the Romans received reinforcements. Gnaeus was joined by his brother, Publius. After his consulship in 218, Publius was sent to Spain to aid the war there. He arrived bringing 8,000 soldiers, 20 warships, and supplies. Publius disembarked and met his brother at Tarraco, and it was announced they would have joint command. As the Carthaginians were preoccupied dealing with the Celtiberians, the brothers crossed the Ebro and advanced to Saguntum, as they had heard this was where Hannibal was keeping his Spanish hostages, weakly guarded. If the Romans could get hold of these hostages, it would be a huge victory. A large number of the Spanish tribes favoured an alliance with Rome, but as Carthage had their children hostage, they wouldn't change sides. If the Scipii could get control of the hostages, the situation in Spain would definitely favour them. There was a formerly pro-Carthaginian citizen in Carthage, Abolux. But the change in circumstances had succeeded in changing his loyalties and he was looking for a way to please Rome. He didn't want to simply defect. What would the Romans do with a single citizen who had proved himself untrustworthy by defecting? He needed to offer them something. And so he stumbled upon the idea of giving them the hostages. He went to the governor, a man named Bostar, and he explained the situation. He told Bostar that the Romans had been far away, and fear was enough to keep the Spanish loyal. But, as the Romans were now close, they would need something more than this. They would need the Spanish to be loyal by affection, and the best way of achieving this would be to give back the hostages. He only asked Bostar that he be allowed to implement the plan so he could get credit for it with the Carthaginians and Spanish, of course. Bostar was, uh, well, not the sharpest tool in the shed, and was persuaded to let Abelux do this. That night, Abelux sneakily went to the Roman camp and told them his plan, before returning back to Saguntum. He agreed to lead the hostages out at night, and led the hostages into a trap which he had set up. They were taken to the Roman headquarters. The Romans received a lot of credit for returning the hostages, more than the Carthaginians would have done had they returned them. 
the Spanish already had plenty of experience with Carthaginians and knew that they could be oppressive. The Romans were new. As the winter of 217-216 BC set in, all of Spain was contemplating siding with the Romans. This is where we shall leave the story for the moment. For once, leaving the Romans on a high note. We'll continue looking at what else was going on around the Mediterranean next time. Remember, if you want to know who is who, go visit the website, thehistoryofpodcast.blogspot.com. Also, I don't know if you guys have heard of a little thing called Instagram. Over the last six months, it has become insanely huge, and I'd just like to mention that I am on there should you be interested in seeing what I'm doing. I'm very easy to find. I'm at Jamie Redfern. I imagine I'll put pictures up there of the London meetup, the 8th of June 2013, the George Inn, London. You should come. Please send me an email, a tweet or a Facebook message or something if you're planning on coming. You should also all go and bug Zach Twamley of When Diplomacy Fails. I'm trying to talk him into coming over from Ireland for it, and I'm sure some listener, persuasion, wink wink, would work wonders. I will not see you next week, as I'm currently having a bit of a hectic workload. But I'll see you in two weeks, when we venture into Sicily. Thanks for listening.